Air now has two premier cannabis dispensaries in the greater Boston area. Airback Bay is conveniently located in the heart of Boston at 827 Boylston Street across from the Prudential Center, serving adult-use customers. Or check out Air Watertown, located near Watertown Square at 48 North Beacon Street, serving medical patients and adult-use customers. Our team is eager to help you choose from a wide assortment of premium cannabis products. Join us in the air, spelled A-Y-R, in Back Bay, Watertown, or online. Please consume responsibly. This product may cause impairment and may be habit forming. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. This product has not been analyzed or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. There is limited information on the side effects of using this product, and there may be associated health risks. Marijuana use during pregnancy and breastfeeding may pose potential harms. It is against the law to drive or operate machinery when under the influence of this product. Keep this product away from children. There may be health risks associated with consumption of this product. Marijuana can impair concentration, coordination, and judgment. The impairment effects of edible marijuana may be delayed by two hours or more. In case of accidental ingestion, contact Poison Control Hotline at 1-800-222-1222 or 911. This product may be illegal outside of Massachusetts. Massachusetts State License Number MR283946, MR283886, Watertown Medical License Number RMD325. B-Pod Studios. The Felger and Maz podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you ready for this? It's Felger and Maz. Oh, stupid, my uh, God. Oh. Presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. A third down and eight coming up for Jones with Taylor in the backfield. A twist up front. Mack hit as he throws to Bourne, leaps, and brings it down. First down reception for the high-rising Kendrick Bourne. Damn, way to hang in there, Mack, and make this throw off the back foot. I mean, you get pressure right up the middle. He tries to set up, and Bourne just buys enough time off the slow dig, elevates to get the ball to Ty's point. Here we are, going fast. Felgery Mass, third hour today. Greg Bedard now in studio for Big Boy Tuesday, as we do throughout the football season, usually from 2 to 4, but uh, Greg put us on alert yesterday. Schedule changed down in Foxborough. So we had to, uh, you know, we had to, Joe Murray, we had to completely disrupt our routine, throw everything up in the air to accommodate the big boy. Yeah, some of us have to go to practice. Yep, got to take care of the big boy. We've been for the big boy, so to speak. Overrated. (laughs) And from what I gather, uh, you have already met Sarone Battle, so you guys know each other? Yep. Okay, Sarone, let me just tell you up front, if it uh, it sounds like Greg is talking down to you, he is. Uh, Sarone's actually been to more than one practice, so I'm cool with Sarone. He knows what he's talking about. We've been talking football. So, As opposed to one practice, Joe Murray. I would just tell you, Sarone, don't take it personally because he does it to all of us. Yep. Okay? So <laughs> that is the general message with uh, with the big boy, Greg Bedard. But always good to see you, Greg. Yeah, it's been a while since yeah, I've been in here. It has been a while. So let's start. I want to start with the offense because mm-hmm. I, I still think everything this year is largely about uh, Mac Jones, Bill Belichick in that order. Obviously, Bill O'Brien factors into that. But let's start with Mac Jones uh, and the passing game. What did you think of the passing offense, given that this was our first look at Jones? Uh, I thought it was good, solid. I think Bill used the word, you know, that Mac was solid in the game. I would agree with that. I think he's he's doing the stuff at the line of scrimmage, getting into right plays, protections, you know, changes, stuff that he wasn't allowed to do last year, which is uh, a big part of his game. And, and, you know, what gives him a chance to be a good starting NFL quarterback if he gets to that point? And, um, you know, so I I thought that he threw the ball well against pressure in that game. And there, you know, was a decent amount of pressure. 
I thought he stepped up. He took some hits. Uh, you know, the in cut to Kendrick Bourne, of course, being the, the, the most prominent one. Uh, the Devontae Parker pass, I thought that was a good pass. And it's interesting. They had another pass like that today. And I don't know. I mean, it, it was goes it to incomplete? A, it was incomplete. And, and it, it, I think it goes to a larger discussion, which I'm sure we'll get into, which is, you know, I, I'm just not sure that they have it at the skill positions. I don't think they have enough. And, you know, that pass to Parker being one of them, I mean, if that player's better, if they have a little bit more juice, it's probably a completion, if not a touchdown. I mean, it was a good throw by Mac Jones. And then, you know, the Hunter Henry pass on on the coach's film, it looked a lot closer than it was on TV. And I, I think I think Mac Jones was um, protecting Hunter Henry a little bit, you know, it being the preseason, and he didn't want to just, like, lead him out in front right into the safety, Put that in sort of thing. Way. Yeah, but... Look, they just missed on it, and that's good to get on film, and you can make corrections in practice and go forward. So, you know, largely, I would, and I like some of the wrinkles that Bill O'Brien showed, and they sort of sprinkled the little things in the RPOs and things like that. Um, I think their their quick game will be better this year. They've worked on it a lot. Uh, we saw it a lot today in practice. Um, you know, the little screens and stuff to the wide receivers, and and also the running backs. So. Uh, you know, overall, I I was encouraged by what I saw, but you know, I'm not willing to go any further than that. Okay, let me just say, uh, Sarone is Sarone uh, Battle is joining us today via Zoom. So, Sarone, if and when you want to jump in, just cut me right off. Okay, <laughs> no, I'm serious because uh, okay. again, when we're not in the same room, it can be a little tricky like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just you know, just make it clear to me that you you want to jump in because by all means, I want you to interact with Greg as well. But you, you mentioned that the, uh, you thought overall it looked solid. You thought Jones was solid. The protection was a clown show yeah. again. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the biggest issue with this offense right now, and it's not going to be settled until they get Cole Strange and Michael Winnow back. And, it, look, I'm not going to panic about it. Um, would I like them to have better depth than they have? You know, hell yeah. And, you know, would I like, you know, a – second round, third round offensive tackle here that you could say, oh, well, that guy's got a chance if he develops and maybe he can play in a pinch. Yeah, I'd like that guy. I'd also like an athletic tight end to back up, you know, Hunter Henry and Mike Kosicki. Um, You know, but look, I'm not going to panic about the offensive line right now because, you know, look, those guys weren't out there today, but I have to think that they're going to be out there at some point. And they do have the makings. When you get Trent Brown, Cole Strange, David Andrews, Michael Wenu, some combination of Michael Wenu, whatever at right tackle, or Antonio uh, Maffi at right guard, Michael Wenu at right tackle, they have the makings of being pretty good in at least four spots. And in this division, that's better than probably every other team in this division. Okay, if you want to speak with Greg, we will be taking calls with him. So by all means, 617-779-0985. And honestly, let's put the offensive line to the side here for a minute, Greg, although I do want to ask you just quickly one more small question. Yep. The line that we saw on Saturday night, is there a chance that that's the line we're going to see in week one? I guess there's a chance. I mean, you know, look, Michael Wenner went on the trip. So to me, it looked like he was closer than Cole Strange since – when it was on the trip, Cole Strange was not, that we didn't see any sign of either of them today. I was disappointed in. I thought maybe maybe a winning might be out there, but he wasn't. So am I getting a little bit more worried that they might have to make do with this early on in the season? Um, yeah, I am. And, and I'm more concerned, even though City So wasn't great 
at right tackle in this game, I'm more alarmed with Riley Reef at right guard. Um, you know, really, to what I've seen to this point, he shouldn't be on this team. I was just going to say, would you cut him? Yeah. As I of mean, right now. As of right now. I mean, like, I, I would rather have, like, take a guard in the second or third round and, you know, have some sort of upside instead of patching it together. I mean, Connor McDermott, again, was out today. If you're asking me what I'd rather, this is some sort of choice, would I rather have Connor McDermott or Riley Reef on this team? It'd probably be Connor McDermott. Um, you know, so look, you know, Bill talked Riley Reef up today, talked about, you know, his versatility and he's willing to do whatever. But, you know, look, he, he's, he's not any good at this point. And it looks like, and from what I've been told, they're just trying to find a spot for him on this roster to justify what they paid him. They they gave him a raise from last year. Yeah, like he made three million in Chicago and didn't play. They didn't win a game down the stretch. He played one snap against the Pats last year in that Bears game, and he got a raise. Would Belichick eat the four million dollars? Like, would he actually admit the mistake? He could. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's been that it, bad, Greg. Well, I, look, I've seen a lot worse around here. Jordan Devy would come to mind. <laughs> the, tuba, um, the tuba player. Yeah, the tuba player. Um, you know, so it hasn't been an absolute, and he did have some nice reps. He, there were a couple of stunts that he picked up really well in the game where maybe a younger person doesn't do that. So you see some of the benefit of having a veteran around and he can play multiple spots. Um, you know, but really, you know, you look at the Packers, the other side of the coin, the Packers, they didn't have Bakhtiari out there. They don't have household names along the offensive line anymore. And, they were great, and they had depth. They had two, you know, the Patriots didn't get anything in the pass rush. I think some of that was by design. They ran the ball well. They had two pretty good lines out there, and the, the Patriots aren't even close to that right now. Sarone, you got anything for Greg? Yeah, I just got a question about the team overall, especially defensively. Do you have a sense of an identity for this team, uh, something they're known for, something we're going to look and say the 2023 Patriots defense is known for what? Like what's a, even offensively too, do you see some type of identity developing a, a personality, a style that you can see building with this team through training camp? Well, there's a couple things, Sarone, um, that I think you know will be strengths of this team in certain situations. First and foremost is – uh, the safeties, the multiple safeties on the field, showing different looks and dropping into different looks. Okay, you know, I understand that there is a benefit to that. Still, when push comes to shove, it's third and twelve, and you got to defend Josh Allen. You got to. There's no disguising that. You know, you just got to go out there and cover. And are they going to have enough in the back end, especially at free safety after Devin McCourty? And we're going to talk about that more. That's a worry, but I do think. On most downs, the the versatility of their safety group, including, you know, Mapu has just started to get in the mix in the last week, and he's a big X factor in all this because we're not exactly sure what he's going to be doing, and that might be by design that they're bringing along slowly because after tomorrow and the preseason game, we don't see the Patriots until week one. We won't see anything in practice. Um so that could be by design. I think that, you know, between all their safeties, they're going to have different things. I will say that, you know, Keon White didn't take part today, but he's in uniform. Um, I heard him coming off the practice field in Green Bay. Somebody asked him, you know, after he twisted his ankle, you know, are you okay? And he said yes. So, uh, you know, I think when you look at Uche, Keon White, Christian Barmore, 
and Matthew Judon as a front in sub package as rushers, pretty good. Pretty damn good. Yeah, they have pretty a chance. Good. They they have a chance to be really good up front with that group. So I I would say those two things: this the safety versatility and and the ability to do different things out of different looks is going to trick a lot of quarterbacks. The better quarterbacks, I don't know. The ones the first four weeks, I don't know. And then the the sub package rushers, plus what they can do with Mapu coming on the second level or Kyle Duggar or whatever, they got a chance to have some some interesting special stuff there that I'm um, I'm looking forward to seeing. And look, in theory, it could make you know some of the back end play a little bit better. If you can get pressure on the quarterback, then all of a sudden you don't have to cover Without it question. Yeah, makes a, there's a, obviously a, a direct correlation there. So anyway, this is where we're going to start with the big boy. I have a couple of questions based off of things he just said. So how about that? I was actually listening, Greg. Wow. So uh, we'll get to those when we come back. Um, I have a specific question as it pertains to Mac Jones and uh, and as Greg said about the the coverage in the secondary We'll get to that. We'll get to his assessment of Christian Gonzalez and your phone calls right here on Big Boy. Now, more of Felger and Mad. Now, on, on, on the Sports Hub. Back here on Big Boy Tuesday. So, Greg, a couple things you said in our first segment. I just want to follow up on them. We'll take a couple of calls. One of which is uh, the Patriots offense. Okay? And I want to get to the defense, too. But you you mentioned that Paul Perillo sat in that exact seat yesterday, and I asked him for his big takeaway from the weekend, and he said that, you know, he thinks we got our first glimpse of the Mac Jones, Bill O'Brien offense. Mm-hmm. Okay, the kinds of things we're going to do. And I phrase it this way, and I'm curious as to whether or not you agree or accept me straight if I'm not. It felt to me between the RPOs and, you know, the 23-yard run by Stevenson, and you mentioned this, Jones now has the ability to make calls at the line that he didn't have a year ago. Mm-hmm. We've been saying since the day they drafted him, Greg, his biggest strength is his acumen. Okay, it's his it's yep. his brain. So it feels to me like Bill Bryan's Bill O'Brien's entire offense is is emp- about empowering Mac Jones. So it's not about Mac Jones's arm, or it's about even the RPO, the decision making, him his being able to, ability to be able to read what a defense is doing or how they're aligned and putting them in the proper play. True or false? Yes, but I would also say that's that's the sort of mantra of the Patriots offense in overall, general even when you know Brady was here and I think um Mac at one point this week uh sort of made reference to that that that's this the traditional Patriots offense is QB centric yeah he and, did I, I saw yeah. that comment I know the one and, you're talking um, about so I I would agree with that and I think this is getting back to it and it just makes the, a lot of this and you know even his sort of Alabama Mac uh, comment you know, it just it just further puts you know what happened last season just in a terrible light. I mean, it's just like I was just going to ask you this next: Does it make last year look even worse? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how it could look any worse. I mean, you know, we know it was it was a complete and utter 
disaster. And, you know, the fear was, you know, and I think I was sitting in this seat and I told you, I said, they are doing everything out of the, you know, the, the book, how to ruin your young quarterback in four easy steps, like one-on-one, like, and they did it and they completely ruined his confidence. And that's what I think. I think the Alabama Mac comment, it's not about Alabama. It's about, it's about Mac getting back. He was so uh, disillusioned from what happened last year and just like it robbed him of his confidence. It probably made him, you know, rethink everything. You know, a lot of the things that you guys have been pointing out about him and his flaws, you know, he probably questioned himself like, you know, am I starting quarterback in this league? And I think it's, it's, it's about getting back to, you know, what he was at Alabama, not on the field. We all know the difference between Alabama and their skill set, the, the, their specialists and the rest of the college football, like, was, you know, light years ahead. Whereas in the NFL, you don't have those margins. You know, everybody's close. And, but just, just the feeling of he came, he, he had confidence at Alabama. He beat off Bryce Young, beat him out in a competition, won a national championship, came in here. Or did he win a national championship that year? I think they you did. Yeah, yeah. They, that yeah. was no, one of the greatest college teams yeah. of all time. And, uh, and, then he came in his rookie year, and you know, pretty good year. You know, Josh McDaniels definitely had him in a straitjacket as a rookie, and that's just what Josh believed how he needed to bring him along. You know, this is not a one-year thing. This is a multi-year thing in terms of a first-round quarterback and making him into a great NFL quarterback at some point, and this is the progression. And then they completely screwed it up last year. And so, you know, Max trying to, re, you know, get his confidence back. And I tell you the truth, being out there and watching him at practice the first couple of weeks in the offseason, you were like, I, I don't know. I don't know whether he's going to get it back. But in the last week to 10 days, he's getting back to it. You could tell. you, It's definitely his team. It's definitely his offense. Adrian Phillips had some good things to say about Mac Jones, about how, how much better he is this year after practice today. And I think that they are they're on the right track. Now, is it going to be good enough at the end of the day? I don't know. I can't tell you that. I have my doubts. But at least they are in a much better place and where they should have been, um, you know, going into his second year. It's now his third year. Yeah, and that, that's my whole thing with Mac Jones is he's not – when this whole thing goes bad or if it goes bad this year, he's going to get the blame. But, um, you know, I, I do. I have seen improvements, Greg. Last week, I, again, I love that RPO move. Uh, but, you know, I want to just bring up that play. If you remember, there was a penalty in the back of the end zone. It was on a third down. And Parker, I think, was held. It was like a little post yeah, corner a, move. Yeah, it was the first yeah. possession. Or, yeah, after the, I, um, after the fumble by Jordan Love. Yeah, I don't know if he necessarily saw the hold. I don't know that. But I feel like that's a throw he struggles with. And I'll bring up the Jonu Smith I'll throw from, with the, that. from the Raiders last year. I think he still struggles with that. That, that particular play, and then anything to the left side. I don't know what it is with him. Not that slant throw to, to Bourne, but that's something I think he needs to work on. That needs to be money, and back in the day, that was a money play for the Patriots to draw it up in the back of the end zone. Lane. I, I would not disagree with that. In fact, they worked on those end zone routes, sort of the two three-man route combinations down near the goal line today for a sizable period, and maybe that had something to do with it. And, and I think you guys also read... I had a criticism of Mac. I think it was the first or second week where 
he continually underthrows balls to the left side of the field, like, you know, crossers stuffed to the sideline. And I think somebody intercepted one or he, somebody knocked it away. But I definitely made note of it uh, at BSJ, and you guys read it on air. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to think back to the practices this week in Green Bay, if it wasn't continued to be an issue or not. But there's definitely things that he needs to improve on. But I think that this offense, there's so many things wrong with it out, coming off of last year that, you know, that stuff is sort of, you know, icing on top. Like they need to, they need to crawl before they can walk after what happened last season. So this is going to be kind of, can sound kind of corny, but I'll state it in the simplest terms. He sounds happier to me. Oh, for sure. Like just, he sounds like he's in a good place mentally. Like, he just sounds like he's enjoying it again. Last year, he sounded miserable from day one, Greg. So, and I think a big part of the, you know, I, I look, they are human beings. I think there's an element there of if you're happy to go to work to, every day, then all of a sudden you're working a little bit harder, you're a little more focused, and the results are more likely to happen. So, I'm not imagining that. I'm, I'm no, asking, no, no. I'm asking. No, no, no. He, no for sure, um, you know, I, and Mac wasn't the only one. You know, there. I would say a sizable portion of that offense was miserable from, or at least disillusioned from, when they started getting the playbooks. You know, and, and you know, early in the offseason program last year, because I think you know, there's a clip out there of me on NBC Sports Boston saying in mid-May that you know what I'm hearing about the direction of the offense is alarming, and uh, you know there were a bunch of guys on that offense that just looked at just the the plan. Like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to simplify things. We're not going to change things at the line of scrimmage. David Andrews, you can't make any changes at the line of scrimmage. I I remember being at the the Raiders practice, the joint practices going into the last preseason game. And, you know, and I also saw the coaches film from that practice and you could just tell there was no, there was no discussion going on on the field. And that was completely abnormal, you know, before the play at the line of scrimmage between the quarterback, the, 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 the center, the offensive lineman, there was none of that. And I even asked some of the Raiders coaches, I'm like, are they doing anything? And they're like, no, it's dead silent. And that's just the antithesis of what the Patriots had been for, you know, 20 plus years. And part of the reason why they were so good on offense and so adaptable. And just to take that stuff away, it was just those guys on offense heard the plan, this is what we're going to do, we're going to make it simple, we're going to play faster, this is going to be better for you, you know, all this stuff. And they were all just like, what the hell are you talking about? This doesn't make any sense. How does this make us better? And, you know, they were right. Is Bourne another one who you see a difference in disposition? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you could tell physically, you know, even in the off-season program, I, I asked him a question one day about, you know, Kendrick, you look bigger and he, like, flex for the cameras, like – you know he, yeah he he seems a lot different. Uh, you know I think also an underrated part of all of this going from last year to this year is that Bill O'Brien can coach the coaches. Like you know that's a big part of what the offensive coordinator does. You know when Josh McDaniels was here, he'd you know watch the film and he'd tell the position coaches, "Well, you guys need to do this better. You need to coach them up. This is the technique that they want." They couldn't do that last year. And so the guys weren't being developed. And a guy like Kendrick Bourne, who, from my understanding, needs a lot of coaching. You know, he 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 learns in a different way 
than some guys. Some guys learn visually. Some guys learn on a piece of paper. He's more of a visual guy. Well, that takes time, and it takes a certain coach to be able to do that, and he wasn't getting that. That caused him to lose confidence. Then the coaches lost confidence in him, and it just snowballed. And now, you know, it's a fresh start for everybody, and you can see that, you know, Kendrick is is in a much different place. And really, you know, to this point, you know, I think he should be the slot receiver on this team. Forget Juju. Put put Kendrick Bourne out there. You know, I don't want to sit Kendrick Bourne for, for Juju. I mean, I understand the move because you had to replace Jacoby Myers, but, um, you know, I think Kendrick deserves to play. He looked good the other night. Yep. He did. And, in fact, uh, that brings us to three up and three down, which we're going to do with Greg and with Cerrone when we come back. Joe Murray's Get Your Headlines, filling in on the latest development of, uh, of camp, including a certain player who returned to the field today. I think. I think Joe's got that in his headlines. I don't mean I think he was on the field. I mean, I know he was on the field. I just don't know if Joe has it in his headlines, but I'm hoping. Here's Joe Murray. Um. And now it's time for three up. Touchdown, Patriots! Two big throws on his drive by Mac Jones, your quarterback. What a throw on the skinny. I'll take more of this, please. Three down. Put a jacket on him. He don't want to be out here. Sit him down. With Greg Bedard from BostonSportsJournal.com. Three up. I know you're very results-oriented. I get that. Three down. It's a fail all around. Fail, fail, fail. On Belger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. Three up, three down. Three up, three down. You know the drill. Three best performers, three worst performers from the game on Saturday night against the Packers. Greg gives you his thoughts. Usually I give you mine, but that's when I'm sitting in the number two seat. Named for a reason. (laughs) So uh, Cerrone's going to fill in for me today. I do a much better job than I typically do in this particular (laughs) segment. So we'll start with the three up as usual. Joe Murray, if you want to chime in, we'll allow it. Sure. Uh, unless you suck at it, in which case I'll preempt you. Yeah. But let's start with uh, Greg Bedard. Your first up, Greg, go. J.J. Taylor. I thought he was outstanding in the game. I thought he was by far their best player. Uh, I had him for it. Hey, why not? It's the first time out. Seven plus plays, zero minus plays okay. in the game. And it was sort of the little stuff, the stuff that's that seems to have held him back, like pass protection. There, he made some unbelievable adjustments in pass protection, including there was one where Andrew Stuber just got blown off the ball. The, the The pass rusher was going towards the quarterback. J.J. Taylor came over, picked him up, then turned around and caught a pass for like nine yards on the same play. And he had a few more plays like that. I, I want this kid to get a real chance at third down. Like, I'm sick of the Ty Montgomery thing. He was back at practice today for a while, then went up to the rehab field, then came down from the rehab field and was, like, limping. So it's like, all right, wait. So so did they clear him? So now they don't need to give him an injury settlement. Now, is he going to get an injury settlement? Like, let's move on from the Ty Montgomery thing. Pierre Strong's back in the red jersey, but I haven't seen a lot from him. Give J.J. Taylor a real chance at the third down. It's time. Give him a chance. Cerrone? Kendrick Bourne. Um, the, the obvious catches and plays he made there, but I think there were some plays he made where he didn't get the ball, where he got a step, he got open, and he just didn't get the ball. Pressure was on Mac at the time, but I think he helped himself out a lot. I think he helped himself out mentally, his confidence, feeling good about himself, and I think the 
media pressure, everything that comes off of him now a little bit after what he did in that preseason game. And I think he helped himself out a lot. And I think he was, if if the offensive line would have held up a little better, I think he would have had an even bigger night. Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, it was a hell of a run there, a 23-yard run. Can I just say just quickly, if we're talking about J.J. Taylor as one of the three ups, you know it's a preseason. I'll just uh, give you my two cents on that. Hey, be nice. Uh, so uh, just to, to keep it moving along, give me two and three in succession. Uh, Christian Gonzalez was my number two. I just think, you know, first of all, that was a terrible foul that was called on him. I mean, he was he was in perfect position. It was a great play. I was extremely impressed uh, on his on the coach's film, watching him in coverage all night. Now, did I love him on the little cover three, the twenty yard pass, you know, whatever fifteen yard pass in front of him? No, some of it was situational. I also didn't like how he he turned around. But what I really like, he played tougher in this game. He was a little soft in week one, and it looked like the coaches got after him a little bit and said, "Hey, look, we're playing the Eagles in week one." This is no finesse team. Like you got to come, you got to tackle, you got to hit people. Let's see some improvement there, and we saw it this week. So that's a really good sign for me. And then uh, third one was born. You know, he was he was really good. Sarone, I would go with Jones and Gonzalez as well. I mean, I thought he got played on that interception, and you know that who knows how we we view him after that play. If they if they give him that one, which they think he should have, he should have had a pick on that one. And I think Jones played pretty good. And on that deep ball he threw out to Parker, I agree with with um, with Greg earlier. If Parker lays out for that, that should have been a catch. If, and go ahead, go ahead, sorry, go ahead, sir. No, no, no. I said that 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 deep ball from Jones. It wasn't just the just the the throw. The way he moved in the pocket and got himself a second to make that throw, an extra half a second, whatever, to make that deep ball. I think Jones played a good game on on his part, and I think that should have been a deep ball, maybe even six. One one quick thing on that Parker pass, that's a Tyquan Thornton route. It's got to be. That shows you his mm-hmm. value on this team. That has to be like we saw that pass. It's the same pass that we saw in practice that the Packers hit um, in the first practice to Christian Watson and beat everybody. It's like a cover three beater type of thing over the top. And, you know, you have over-under routes. That's you got to have a speed guy. They have no speed on this offense. And that's why, like, you know, some people are talking about cutting Tyquan Thornton. Like, there's no way. They they don't have anybody else who can burn. They need somebody who can burn who can run that route a couple times a game. Okay, Joe, hold the thought. Yeah. I want you jumping in on the negatives instead. Let's do three down. Greg first. You guys got to keep it a little tight. Sorry. Uh, Adrian Phillips slash the free safeties in general. I thought Phillips on the touchdown that Sean Wade gave up, while Phillips isn't going to make that play, he needs to be better on it. He kind of like hesitated in the middle of the field. He had another play like that. And also Jalen Mills had another play when he was the free safety where he really wasn't sure where he was going and and wasn't in the right position. So I'm a little bit worried about free safety. You're talking about the pass from uh, Jordan Love, right? To Correct. Reed? Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarone, go ahead. Oh, we lost Sarone. No mic. His mic's not on. So stupid. Oh. Riley Reef. Oh. oh, there he is. Go ahead, Sarone. Yeah. Reef. Um, that the play where Jones made it, he made a completion on the the RPO. You know, he he was a millisecond from getting blown up, and Reef just kind of gave him the matador and let the guy just run by. I think that's he's number one in my book on that one. And I'm gonna go Bailey Zappy, man, number two. I mean, he he got two touchdowns. He was ten for twenty two in a preseason game against second and third stringers, and there was a lot of bad throws there. And I'm sitting there like, 
Watch this dude just make one play across the middle for a touchdown or something like that. And sure enough, two passes later, there he is, touchdown. And it's like, man, look at Zappy go. But it was like he was he was having a really off night until that that play that he hit to um to uh, Butte for the touchdown. But I got Reef and and Bailey Zappy as my one and two. Joe, quickly. Stuber was awful, uh, really bad. Uh, and the run defense I thought was bad. And um, Bledsoe missed on a nice little. Uh, Play to the outside. Okay, we're all over the map here, but Greg never gave us number two, so go ahead, <laughs> so, Greg. Uh, Wilson and Tavai at linebacker in this game. I they thought were it bad showed, too. Uh, yeah, I thought it showed the value of Jawan Bentley in this game. Um, you know, in my third, you know, I obviously these guys, the offensive line was bad in this game, so I could make them number one, but I just didn't. But you know, so I had Riley Reef, James Ference, and City So a combined <laughs> Minus 20 in this game. They gave up 11 and a half quarterback pressures wow. and three stuffed runs combined. And yeah, that didn't include Stuber? It did not include Stuber. Wow. Yeah, I had Stuber for two pressures and a minus three. Well, that's minus 23 for those four guys? Yeah. That's a freaking clown show. <laughs> Sarone, did you have a third down? Uh, thir- uh, pass rush. Um, just the, the D line in general, but I understand what Greg was saying earlier. Maybe it's by design, but I didn't, I didn't think they got a lot of pressure at all. And allowing love to make that long drive early on was kind of not concerning, but it was something to look at. And I think the, the lack of a pass rush, I put for three. Joe. Uh, oh, you said my, my third, Joshua Bledsoe. Josh Bledsoe. This was out of place. There's a guy battling for that free safety spot and he was just out of position. Okay, so uh, Greg said something there, or uh, let me rephrase. Greg didn't say something there. You guys all left out a name that I want to ask Greg about. Because, again, I said this yesterday. It was my first view at this particular player. So we'll ask Greg for the assessment of this guy, whom I will not give away yet, when we come back on Felger and Mass. At this station. Felger and Mass continues on the Sports Hub. Yeah, I know there was a lot of talk. Uh, I even heard on the Twins cast with the McCordys. They're like, you know, where's Malik Cunningham? You know, at the practices, Malik Cunningham did not play quarterback. He played a slash role once in a while. He touched the ball, lined up at quarterback. That was it, as opposed to the week before, like Phil's referencing, where they actually gave him extended playing time, practice time to get ready to play quarterback. We'll have to see how that changes the next couple of days with practice. I think they're trying to get a look of the totality of, of Malik Cunningham. They got a glimpse at quarterback, a lot of wide receiver work. He's gotten special teams work. They're trying to figure out whether he's worth a spot on the 53-man roster. And, you know, we'll have to see how that takes shape this week. It's Greg Bedard at NBC Sports Boston last night. I actually want to ask Greg about two players. But there's the first one right there. Malik Cunningham. Got a lot of love after week one of the preseason. Especially lot, on this show. A lot of love. No we found the guy. No sniff in week two. No sniff at all of uh-huh. Malik Cunningham. And I did find it interesting that in that comment right there, you even kind of took a shot at the McCordy brothers for jumping on the train. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Why didn't we see Mac and J Mac? Why did what we, happens? Why didn't we see Malik Cunningham in the second game? Because he's not a quarterback. You know, they made their decision, and like I told you guys last week um you know you you can't you have to make a decision and you can't just change streams with you know making a guy quarterback in the middle of camp it just doesn't work that way in the national football league so they made their assessment they signed him and they said he's a wide receiver and i think they spent the week 
um, in Green Bay and those practices, getting a look at him in basically every single situation that they can to see whether he's worthy of a 53-man roster spot. You know, gunner on special teams, slash role as a you know quarterback, whatever, what have you, multi-dimensional tool on offense. You know, how's it look? Wide receiver in the game didn't look great. Um, so that's what it was about. Like, you know, could could they change streams and after the season and then the offseason and say, we're going to give you a good run at quarterback? Yeah, they could, but it was too late for this year. It just, it really was. Unless, you know, if they get him on the practice squad, then you can sort of change that. Saron, do you want to see uh, Malik Cunningham a quarterback? Not, not so much in, as in game thing. I just think he can he can help them in practice. Practice squad guy. When you're going against a Jalen Hurts or some of these mobile quarterbacks who have killed Belichick defenses over the years, I think having a guy there that do, that can replicate the speed of some of these other quarterbacks in practice, I think could be an asset. But I, the question I was going to have for Greg: Do you think he's one of those guys that was kind of a casualty of the game ending early? Like how many guys didn't get a chance to get reps in that fourth quarter because the game, you know, the game ended. Not saying he would have went out there quarterback or anything like that, but you think he was somebody that that was kind of hurt by not getting on the field in that fourth quarter. I understand the sentiment, but is Sarone, but not in this game. Um, he didn't get any dedicated quarterback snaps in practice against the Packers, as opposed to the week before, where we saw him the two days before the uh, the Texans preseason game. You know, they were giving him real reps. At quarterback, and you're like, okay, well, you know, there's obviously a reason for this. And then they didn't do that against the Packers. So I, I don't think he was going to see time at quarterback in that game. Maybe if there were enough snaps, I think McSorley was going to finish the game. That's my thought. McSorley got like no reps during the week at all. So I think he was going to play the final quarter or, you know, what have you. Um, but that's I, I don't know that from anybody. That's just my guess. And you're going, you're going largely just on the practice uh, plan going into the game that with with regard to Malik Cunningham. Yeah. Okay, the way they did it in practice was how they're forecasting uh, what they were going to do in the game. He was at wide receiver today too. Okay, so. um, let me just ask you quickly about Demario Douglas mm-hmm. because Greg, I read all the stuff about him in camp, uh, and frankly. You know, I always look at it this way. Like, here we go. Six-round pick. This is the guy is the flavor of the month in camp. He's getting a lot of love. He's getting a lot of hype. And the fact is that he's probably going to give them very little. Then I watched the game on Saturday night. It's the first time I've seen him play. Mm-hmm. And I think there's something there to the point where, like, I'm sold. Yep. I, I think so. Give us your assessment. I'm, I'm curious as to whether or not you keep going in the uphill direction with this kid that you think that every time you watch him, you think there's more and more there. I do. I think he's, um, you know, look, I'm not saying he's this player, but he could be the Patriots sort of, uh, you know, reduced price <laughs> sort of uh, this guy. He, he could be their Tyreek Hill. Like that's, you know, and he's he's thicker than you think. Um, you know, for a little guy, he's pretty thick, just like Tyreek Hill is. You know, is he as fast as Tyreek Hill? No, nobody is. Uh, but he has that sort of ability. And, you know, like I've said plenty of times, I'm all for speed, twitchiness. They've been missing this for years in this offense. Guys who can cut on a dime, make people miss, pick up cheap yards, you know, take it to the house from 60 yards. You know, I love him. I mean, he is one of the rare rookies that I've seen in my time covering the league where they get into training camp, they get into off-season practices, 
and they never stop making progress. He's always going uphill. Now, that being said, he did not take part in today's practice. I'm pretty worried, you know, from what I hear that uh, he he sustained a, a shoulder injury on that last sort of wide receiver screen that he took. As you see, he goes to the ground on his right shoulder, similar to what happened to Tyquan Thornton, uh, you know, the previous year. It was like an AC joint injury. It, you know, lingered for a while. Um, you know, so I'm a little bit worried about that. Uh, but and that brings up his stature, just like it did with Tyquan. I was just going to say this is the concern with him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a it's a big person game. Okay, and it's tough for little guys. You and I both know people are going to hear Demario Douglas and Tyree Kill and go, "What the hell is the big boy smoking?" <laughs> okay, but I'm I'm going to play along. Poor man's Tyree Kill. Okay. Poor man's Foxborough. So, but I've heard a lot Tyree of people Kill. talk about him more as a slot guy. Okay, you're saying he's that's got That's what some, Hill is. Okay, but you're saying this kid's got some game-breaking ability too? Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, just look at that wide receiver screen that he took where most most guys, if that's Pierre Strong, it's a four-yard loss. He, may, he made it a two- or three-yard gain, uh, you know, just, just from that play. He's just... He has that. I, I, I've just been. I love the guys in the league, and the Patriots never get these guys, and I don't know why. The jitterbug types that could stop, go backwards, go this way, go right, go left, go, and then all of a sudden be up to top speed like that. They don't have a guy like that. They've never had a guy like that. So you know, you combine in in a fantasy world where the Patriots are a good, dangerous offense. You have Tyquan Thornton running fly routes down the field, and you have Demario Douglas doing short area stuff, getting a little bit thicker, being sort of like the the evolution of Julian Edelman and Wes Welker at that position. That's, in my fantasy world, it's not reality right now, but it's nice to think about. See, when Greg starts talking about fantasy, Saron, I start to get aroused. <laughs> Wait till we talk about more about the offensive line. I'm assuming you like Demario <laughs> Douglas, Saron. Can I assume that? I do, and I saw him in person in practice a few times. And the first player that came to mind for me when I saw him, another poor man's example, not saying he's him, but he reminded me of a young version of Antonio Brown as well. And uh, Victor Cruz, who came and lit the Patriots up in that preseason game his rookie year, and it was like, man, where'd this dude come from? But a small guy who's not just – he, and, and I completely agree with Greg, a game-breaker with his feet and his ability to get space in the phone booth – but if you watched him in college, like just YouTube the game, I believe it was against Wake Forest. He was going up and snatching the ball away from the defense, even as a small guy. He was going to get the ball. So he's a playmaker, and he's a guy that can, if you like to run a lot of screens and quick slants, he's the guy. Studios. The Felger Maz Podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, the show you'll be talking about. That was not me having an on. In therapy. Socks! Socks, stop, stupid socks. It's Felger and Mass, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, fourth and final hour of Felger and Mass. We'll get right to the phone calls. I see a bunch of you there lined up, want to talk to Greg. I need to uh, take care of a little housekeeping first. Again, I'm not used to being in the A-hole chair when Bedard is here on Big Boy Tuesday. Usually that's Felger's thing. So when we did three up and three down, I neglected to tell you that three up and three down with Greg Bedard is presented by Tullamore 
do Tullamore do Irish whiskey. See if we can spit that out. Tullamore do Irish whiskey. Enjoy the game with the original triple distilled, triple blended, and triple cask matured Tullamore do Irish whiskey. Because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Please drink responsibly. So I left that out earlier. My apologies for that. Uh, let's get to some calls because, again, uh, I, I, I mean, as much as I joke with you two about Demario Douglas, it's hard not to like the kid upon first glance. So if you're telling me he's got some game-breaking potential, big play potential, because, uh, again, I just I have in my head he's the guy that's going to get open on that, like the play they ran the other night. When he made the adjustment, Mac Jones threw the ball to the outside. He was wide open there in the slot on third down. That was a bust. Okay, no, busted coverage. Yep. But they identified it and they executed mm-hmm. it. But if there's like, if there's more, even more there than that, it's hard not to get intrigued by uh, the ability there. Uh, John in Foxborough, go ahead. He's been holding a while. Go ahead, John. Joe Murray. I got to tell you, Joe, I don't want you to think, you know, we, uh, I'm Jones and Foyer, I want to take long, warm showers, but you are a gift to New England. Whatever they're paying you there, it's not enough. You're right. Good luck. Keep it going, and uh, we appreciate you. Uh, oh, geez, I let him go. Yeah, I just, let him go. just let it go? Well, I thought that was a whole call. I thought he called just for you, and I said I kept him on hold for that. I thought there was a butt in there. You ever get one of those? Greg, no, so you know? I, he was Greg, gonna, I love you, he, but. <laughs> he was going to make a football point. I would tell oh. him. I'm going to tell him, just call back. I, I didn't mean to cut you That's off. Okay. I thought you were done. Uh, ben and Malden. Ben, go ahead. Yeah, hey, Maz. Thanks for taking my call. So you guys were just talking about the offense earlier and I want I just want to say when I watch these other teams and I see guys like AJ Brown Tyreek Hill and these other guys it makes me think man if only Mac had a guy like that and it also makes me question are we going to have any more talent while Bill is the GM thanks guys have a great day okay so again uh, Greg this speaks to the skilled talent on offense which I think you mentioned at the beginning of your stint mm-hmm. today that you are, you know, getting more concerned about the level of talent, skilled talent on offense. Yep, I am. I mean, I think it's um, it's middling at best. I think that Devontae Parker's a, you know, one-trick pony on 50-50 balls, and that's nice, but that's no way to make a living in the NFL. There's no way to have a sustainable, dangerous offense. I think Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, I, I, I don't see much out of him. You know, he's a He's a big, strong guy. I'm sure he'll break some tackles, but I don't think he's anything special in the in the slot for this team. Um, anything you compare him to yet, like from the past? Nope. Wow. I don't. Craig, I, don't I don't really see anything. I, I really don't see anything out of former him. former number one, potentially number one receiver. Yeah, he's just like it. He, to me, he just his legs don't look the same. And see, he's not even close to the receiver he was in in Pittsburgh. He hasn't been for a couple of years. Yeah, and there were people in in Kansas City who they they question they question the knee on whether it's ever going to be a hundred percent again. And I have worries about that as well. I think he's he's fine in the red zone, and that's where you see him do his damage in practice. And you know, maybe on two minute drill where the coverage is a little softer, but you know he. T- he he has a tough time getting off coverage. Um, I, I think that, you know, Kendrick Bourne, I like. You know, if, if I were the Patriots, I would have swapped out Devontae Parker and his $6 million for um, DeAndre Hopkins and get all the speed that you can. I also wouldn't have spent the first three draft picks on defense and then went interior offensive line and kickers after that. You know, I just, 
They need more athleticism. Like they, you know, they have to get Tyquan Thornton back. That's where they are at this point because they have no speed. I just think that they're extremely limited on offense. That it, they basically everything has to be perfect. And you guys talk about like well, everything has to be perfect for Mac Jones. I think it would be true of any quarterback. I think it was true when Tom Brady was here in 2019 when he had crap weapons. Like that's just where this team is they need demario douglas to pop they need tycon thornton out there you know running deep routes um you know they need the other guys to stay healthy i just think they're they're a middling group so uh short answer question for both of you including you uh simone because apparently you have greg's blessing for having gone to camp so you have some perspective (laughs) that that we can't offer but certainly not you okay so again short answer question for each of you in the time that you've been down there and watch have you seen anything really you're so you're talking about Juju Smith-Schuster, you've seen nothing from the very beginning? Have you seen anything in the entirety of his Patriots career? That that tells me that he's going to be a good NFL receiver this yes. season? No. Saron? No. Kind of reminds me of when they got Muhammad Sanu. Yep. Like it's, you yep. remember the name. But Shorter Muhammad not, Sanu. Yeah, nothing really came of it. It's just a name. And no, he was never, I was there about four times. It was never a moment where I'm like, yeah, he's going to be the guy. You know, I think the other guys had bigger days than he did. I I, I felt better about Henry. And then the one day I saw Gazicki make a couple of big catches, but I never felt a big deal about, about Juju at all. Holy crap, Muhammad Sanu. Wow, that's a bad sign. <laughs> that's a bad sign, Joe Murray. And just to bring this up. Uh, only Muhammad remember- F and Sanu. Second round pick. <laughs> Uh, you you mentioned Tyquan Thornton a couple of times. I, I like the guy, but there's a history of these second round picks, these wide receivers mm-hmm. in their second year. I don't think they're going to cut them, but man, I don't know. Vinny's got the clip up there, but get these wide receivers in their second year, it's like they just get benched, they get redshirted, so they can come back a third year. It's really bad. And even to kill Harry, I think he had like 300 yards a second year. It's just for us to depend on. Tyquan Thornton, history just isn't on, on his side. And, and we might as well, while we're talking about this, we might as well bring up Kayshawn Booty because I know, you know, a lot of people like to talk about him. And, and, you know, Mike Giardi at BSJ today looked at the film of Booty. He thought he was better in this game. I disagree with Mike. I don't see much on film. His touchdown was nice. It was more about awful coverage Terrible by the Packers. Coverage. He showed a little bit of juice after the catch. I will say a little bit of explosiveness, which was nice. But on his boundary routes, when he runs them, there's not a lot there. They're, look, I could be wrong. I'm no expert on this, but I'm just telling you, like, you know, I see NFL, like this guy, um, Thyric Picts that they have. Pitts, yeah. they, and we, in the first preseason game, he ran a uh, route that was great, and he was exploded down the field. Like, I don't see that with Booty. I just don't. I mean, he's a good possession receiver and can make a one-handed catch and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think he fits in with the middling uh, sort of receivers on this team. And I, I don't know whether he's a lock for the 53-man roster. I mean, you and I said this off the year. That touchdown pass from Zappy to Booty, Yeah, that that ball with half a decent defense gets picked off in the NFL. Oh, come that, on. There's no safety there. That, 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 this exactly. Me, this exactly. Me, Thank you, Joe. This isn't me, like, defending Bailey Zappy at all. It's just Zappy noticed the coverage in the, front of the slant. I know. Ball had nothing. got crap on him for that? Ball, ball had nothing on it. Ball had nothing on it. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, those, those of you, uh, sorry, Simone, but th- those of you on the line, sit tight. Ten questions coming up next with uh, Bedard and Simone Battle. What's up? We're back with more Felger and Mads. You want the answer? You've got to ask the question. Do you have an opinion based on if you had to go with your gut, what, which way it would go? 
Uh, Sometimes you have to ask it over and over and over again. Why, 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 why? This is 10 Questions with Greg Bedard and Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. All right, you all know the drill. Ten questions from around the football world, Patriots, non-Patriots. With the big boy, Greg Bedard, Simone Battle will chime in, as will Joe Murray. The questions were submitted to the participants in advance, <laughs> so they should be ready. Although, as we've learned with Greg, he is not always, that is not always the case. Whatever. <laughs> so, Jimmy, we have our, buzz, our buzzers, I'm assuming. I agree totally with Maz that Cousins sucks. Yep, there's a good one. I like that one. <laughs> it's too hard to explain, to, you know, in football terms, you know, to the media and stuff. Wow. So. <laughs> That's and right, because we're stupid and stuff. Yep. I Go like ahead. how Mac talked down to the football elite like Greg Bedard. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's not rocket science. You know, we're not splitting atoms. There you go. Not rocket science. Clear shot at Matt Patricia. From- Great question. Great question. Yeah, I, I, most of the questions we ask are great questions here on Felger and Maz. Last one. Last one. The services that make it hard to cancel, those people should rot in hell. <laughs> rot in hell. <laughs> Is he talking about Apple TV? Is that what yeah. that was about? Okay, I missed that over the he, weekend. Uh, he told us on Friday, I believe, that he has cut the cord on cable. He is now a stream-only person. Yes, I did hear that. I knew that a little while ago, but uh, I didn't want to rat Felger out. But <laughs> Rot in hell. <laughs> so, all right, Jimmy, let's hit it. Start with number one. I agree totally with Maz that Cousins sucks. Very smart woman. Okay, number 10. Did you have any issue with the premature ending in Saturday's Patriots-Packers game? Is there any chance that that could have actually happened to the regular season? I did not have an issue with what happened in the game because it was a preseason game. I don't – that would not have happened during a regular season game. I mean, he was, you know, in he was – he was okay. It wasn't a Demar Hamlin situation where they're you know giving him you know CPR and, and extensive measures on the field. I will say that uh, that I didn't love that they canceled the joint practices with the Titans. I, you know, you can't tell me, you know, and I don't think it was just the injury thing. I think it was you know the length of how long they were away and all that stuff. You know, but look, would the Patriots be, be- a better team if they practiced with the Titans twice this week? And maybe modified it. Maybe, you know, take it easy the first day, go hard on one day. Yeah, I think they would be a better team. I don't think there's any question about it. Cerrone? I didn't really have an issue with the way the game ended in general. Um, I just would, if I was one of the players on the bubble, man, I'd be pissed that I didn't get a chance to get any reps in. And also, you're not going to get any reps in in the joint practice this week. So I understand they might not have a lot of guys that are on the bubble like that. But if I was one of them, I'd been kind of, not upset about the situation, but kind of like that. I think there was an opportunity. I, I was going to get some burn in the fourth quarter, and I kind of missed out on that one. And I think in regular season, no, I don't think it, it happens at all. And, um, no, I, it's, I, I'm just, I just kind of feel bad for the guys that didn't get a chance to play. Joe? No and no. Okay, there you go. Number nine, Jimmy, next. You know, it's not rocket science. You know, we're not splitting atoms. <laughs> I do like that cut. That's a good cut. Let me just remind you guys there were ten questions, so keep your answers short. Number nine. Before last night's 29-28 loss to the Washington Commanders on a last-second field goal, the Baltimore Ravens had won 24 consecutive preseason games. 24 in a row. That is not a misprint. What, if anything, 
Does that streak mean, is it any sort of testament to the Ravens' overall program? Greg? It means largely nothing. If anything, it's that they they collect talent. You know, with they have good depth, which could you, you point you in the direction of Harbaugh and why they don't win more. No, I mean, I don't think it has any effect on them at all. I mean, I think they won those games because they won 20 and said, let's just keep going. Let's try and win preseason games. And I don't know how many head coaches literally go out there and try and win every preseason game they play. Ravens have a great program. It means nothing, and they would do to lose. It's a worthless stat, completely worthless. Next. Great question. Great question. Okay, here comes one. Cole Strange <clears throat> or Tyquan Thornton, still among the missing on Saturday night at Green Bay. Give me an overall grade at this point for the 2022 Patriots draft class. Is it too early to call that class a bust? It's too early to even discuss the draft class. You can talk to me after 2024. So until then, I give them a C. And yes, it's definitely too early for a bust. Saron? Yeah, too early. (laughs) I give them a Z for Zappy. Okay, there you go. I think think there's a good chance that that class is going to be a bust. Jimmy, go. It's too hard to explain to... You know, in football terms, you know, to the media and stuff. So. <laughs> right. Media stupid. Greg, how'd you feel about the punter this week? Much better. He stunk against the Texans, was not good in the Packers joint practices, was great in the game. I will say, though, Chad Ryland, the kicker today, missed his first three kicks, and this third one was a Roar Wasser porta potty special before he made his last one. Oh, he hit the porta potty. Well, there wasn't one there, but if there was, he would have hit it. It was that far left. Cerrone, you been following the punter at all? Not really. <laughs> good move. Excellent well, answer. Burns are good. Okay. Uh, Jimmy, next. The services that make it hard to cancel, those people should rot in hell. <laughs> rot in hell. Okay, number six. Other than the fact that they have both played for the Carolina Panthers, what do Cam Newton and Baker Mayfield now have in common? That they were both number one overall picks? No. Cerrone? I, I, I'm lost on this one, man. They both are replacing Tom Brady. Very good, Joe uh, Murray. They are both succeeding Tom Brady as quarterback. Very good. Baker Mayfield today named the starter for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, so there you go. Both men replacing Tom Brady. And allegedly, by the way, according to Baker Mayfield's agent, Bill Belichick wanted to trade up to number two to draft Baker Mayfield to replace Tom Brady in New England. Excellent point, Jimmy Stewart. Next! I agree totally with Maz that Cousins sucks. Okay, number five. I don't know why, but I am now getting obsessed with Anthony Richardson. (laughs) All the video of Anthony Richardson, I'm watching every one. Have the Colts finally found their quarterback, or are they still playing pin the tail on the donkey in the most important position in sports? Greg? I haven't seen one clip of him in a Colts uniform, but I will say I don't like how he's starting right away. He's too raw, you know, Bring them on mid-season or something like that, and that team is going to stink. Saron? I think he's going to be terrible. (laughs) Just a great athlete. But if anybody watched any SEC football last year, it was like, nah, man, come on. He's a good athlete, combine guy. I think he's going to be terrible. The Colts have had a new quarterback for at least the last eight seasons. Isn't that unbelievable? It's one of the great streaks in sports, Joe. Wow. It is. It's an unbelievable streak. You fired up, man. Next! Great question. Great question. Okay, number four. And I ask you to answer this specific question because there's another part to it coming next that I don't want you to get into yet. But more on the Colts. Indy has granted running back Jonathan Taylor the right to seek a trade. Where would Taylor be the best fit 
And what should the cost for him be? And I'm asking for draft pick capital in return. The Dolphins. And I wouldn't give up more than a two for him, considering he's in the last year of his rookie deal. Saron? Completely agree. Miami. Two year, to me, second round pick injuries, injury history. Miami. If I'm the Bills, I try to take a look at him. But I would Good say call. a third round pick. Yeah, I feel like a second's too high. Well, a third, you would get the third as a comp pick. Yeah, so you're looking for a little bit more. Yeah. So, uh, But again, a third will be higher than a compensatory pick because it's late third. Odds are right. out. Dolphins, Bears, Bills, Ravens, Broncos. Yeah. Cowboys also on that list. Bears. Next. You know, it's not rocket science. You know, we're not splitting atoms. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, part two. Separate question. Take the money out of it. Would you trade Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson for Jonathan Taylor? Nope. More durable, uh, bigger back, works better in this offense. Sorrell? No, it, no injury history. Stay away. I say no because of the offensive line. So I say yes, he can catch the ball, right? Stevenson, he had a ton of catches, but I wouldn't really call him a receiver. I think Taylor's a better player. I would absolutely swap him out. He's only been in the league three years. This is Stevenson's third year, right? Yes. There's yeah. one year difference. There's not a huge age difference there. But running backs are all going to run out of juice. I say yes. Next. The services that make it hard to cancel, those people should rot in hell. <laughs> rot in hell. Okay. Uh, number two, give me the Patriots depth chart at quarterback to start the season, Greg. And please assume that they will keep three quarterbacks. Why are you assuming that? Anyways, Jones, Zappi, Trace McSorley on the practice squad. Malik Cunningham is wide receiver. That's why I asked you, because I think you don't like Cunningham. Go ahead, Saron. No, I'm just real. <laughs> Jones, Zappi, and, and probably McSorley. I saw Jake Dolagata. Remember him? I saw oh, him God. playing the other night in like some, <laughs> some fantasy league. I forget what that was called, but he was always the guy who stuck around. But it's, it's McSorley on the practice squad if they have to. Boo, I want Cunningham third. Next. I mean, it's too hard to explain to, you know, in football terms you know, to the media and stuff. Yeah. So. <laughs> Final question. Heading into this week's exhibition game, if you had to pick today, right now, which organization would you rather be? And this was uh, this question, by the way, was prompted by something Jim Murray brought up earlier in the preseason. Which organization would you rather be today, right now, if you had to decide? The, the Patriots or the Titans? The Patriots. But can I trade for the head coach? Hmm. That's what I would like to do. Okay, you'd like to bring Mike Bra- Vrabel here and have him coach the Patriots. Yep. Cerrone. Patriots. In a landslide, or did you have to pause? Patriots, no hesitation. Okay, Joe? <laughs> it's it's the Patriots, but the Titans are, like, a better destination to go to. Like, if you want to, like, just go somewhere, Tennessee's better. Okay. Ask Hopkins. I think it's close. I'd pick the Patriots because I think they're better off at quarterback right now, which is saying something about Tennessee. I hate Brian Tannehill. He blows. And Levis. He blows. Malik. Oh, that's right. They drafted the kid. I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, Levis is worse than Richardson. Seriously. <laughs> so, you know, so no, he's another one that's that's uh, raw, very, very raw. Uh, Joe Murray, you'll get you caught up on headlines. We have uh, another question here for Greg before we go, and we'll take your calls as well in our final segment on Big Boy Tuesday. Great question. Um, every day they work their hardest to give you the best show they can. I think that's rare. It's Felger and Mass on 98.5 The Sports Hub. We'll get to your phone calls here and wrap it up in just a moment. We did want to play one more piece of sound for you. That stumbled on our laps or fell into our laps today. 
I couldn't resist. We had to play. <laughs> we had to play this now because it's so good. Felger's going to want to play it again tomorrow. I can assure you that, but we'll do 800 it 800 times. Okay. <laughs> He's already on it according to his text, so yep. he already knew about it before Greg mm-hmm. sent it to us. Yep. So we'll do it now. Thank God for Felger. The, the, uh, many of the <laughs> listeners may have already heard it or not, but Pete Carroll, is today his 72nd birthday, by the way? Is it today sure. or it's right around now? Pete Carroll has just recently sure. turned 72 or is about to turn 72. He looks a hell of a lot better than Belichick, doesn't he? Age 72, as just an aside. But he was on a podcast with Richard Sherman, formerly of the Seattle uh, Seahawks. They won Super Bowl together. They lost one, too. And uh, Sherman was asking uh, Pete Carroll about his uh, career and his various stops. And listen to what he said about his time in New England. That situation from the start was a little challenging. We did everything first class in San Francisco. Right. I mean, top drawer, treated the players great. It was a clear philosophy that I, I was bringing. I was excited to unveil. The first thing we get to, we're having a, a mini camp. <laughs> and so I'm just checking out, you know, how the setup of it, how it's organized. I'm figuring into the, the menu for the players on that weekend, yep. you know. And Kraft comes to me and says, well, you know, we're not going to feed them like that. You know, we give them bologna sandwiches and chips and stuff like that. It hit me just as clear as a bell that. I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> I mean, if I can't even feed him the way I want to feed him, what's going to come? I mean, he didn't know what he was asking for, you know, at the time. Right. We, we didn't cover the bologna sandwich stuff <laughs> in the interviews. They had had really good teams before. I got hired after they lost the Super Bowl. So right. I went in there thinking I was going to kick ass on Bill Parcells. What in the world was I thinking? He's like coach of the decade. Yeah. And here comes Pete all fired up, you know. I wasn't even surprised because of the way I could see it un- unfolding. But uh, I was pissed. Holy crap, are you kidding me? Like this is what this is this is what this is gonna be the the how's that comment gonna live in time, uh, Greg Bedard? Bologna sandwiches. Jimmy, can we play that part again? I know he loves hot dogs. Look, but we want to feed the players bologna sandwiches. The crafts want to feed the players bologna sandwiches. Can we play that again? Holy crap. That and Kraft comes to me and says, well, you know, we're not going to feed them like that. You know, we give them bologna sandwiches and <laughs> chips and stuff like that. It hit me just as clear as the bell that I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> uh, Greg, what do you make of that comment? I just searched. So bologna sandwich in context.com is still available as a domain. I mean, look, the crafts are not going to be happy about that comment. And Felger's going to play it and reference it for infinity when it comes to the ownership spending around here. But uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's. And Kraft comes to me and says, well, you know, we're not going to feed them like that. You know, we give them bologna sandwiches and chips and stuff like that. It hit me just as clear as a bell that I'm in deep trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he got a joke. I was just going to say, remember the famous quote, you want me to go shopping uh, for the dinner? You want to go shopping for the groceries? <laughs> let them cook the dinner, right? That Doesn't brings a to... co- yeah. That brings that comment to a whole new level. Now you literally, <laughs> now you literally have to decide what you want to feed them. So Pete Carroll goes in and says, "Okay, what are we going to feed the guys in minicamp? I need to know what's on the menu." And Kraft looks at it and goes, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, no, no, no. We don't give them that. We give them bologna sandwiches and chips, like it's a high school cafeteria." Hey, you know what? <laughs> I take that back. Not even high school, like it's an elementary school cafeteria. Those are the Bryant days, right? Bologna sandwich. <laughs> that was Zoe's eating. <laughs> Holy smoke! Can Zoe confirm that? Wow, bologna sandwich. Was Zoe there at that time? He yeah, was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. We'll I have to ask Zoe about the bologna sandwiches under Pete Carroll. See how that goes over. <laughs> no, no wonder they sucked. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, but was it was it Pete Carroll or was it Kraft? I guess that's the question. No, I'm just saying we blame Pete. Maybe we got that wrong. He, he blames <clears throat> Kraft. Exactly. Wow, bologna sandwiches. Talking and Kraft comes to me and says, well, you know, we're not going to feed him like that. You know, we give him bologna sandwiches and chips and stuff like that. It hit me just as clear as a bell that I'm in deep trouble. <laughs> Pete never had a chance if he was talking bologna sandwiches. So just said yes. He answered my text. Wow. He said, said yes. So, bologna sandwiches, question mark. <laughs> he said yes. See, now all the times that Zoe calls into the program. Yeah, we need Scott and Rentham. This is the time we need Zoe to call the program so we can ask him about the bologna sandwiches. I can't believe that they're feeding him bologna sandwiches. Now, Fel- I wonder if Felger knew this. Like, maybe he was onto it back then that bologna sandwiches were normal. Were bologna sandwiches normal then? Where were you working then? Uh, so, this would have been the 90s, right? No, I was still in college. But I will say... So when I was first on the beat with the Dolphins starting, you know, early 2000s, they used to they used to stay in a hotel away from Davy down the road and we used to go there interview and after the players ate, they would have us go in and eat what the players did. So all steak tips, chicken, fish, everything. So the meal was good. It was awesome. No bologna salad sam- too. No bologna sandwich. No bologna sandwich for the big boy. Wow, bologna sandwiches. 1997, 98, 99, all bologna sandwiches. <laughs> I mean, that's what you eat in prison. Yeah, I knew we were going to be in trouble. I went to camp and... Uh, uh, you know, again, I, you know, I say this. I, I want to have this on the menu. And, uh, you know, uh, Robert came down and said, uh, yeah, I, you know, I know we're going to give him bologna sandwiches. <laughs> it's called Halo. As only Pete Carroll can say it. Yeah, and uh, uh, throwing some chips. <laughs> Evan in Rhode Island. Evan, go ahead. Yeah, I was listening last week. I, you guys got me excited about Cunningham. I couldn't watch Sunday. I figured he was slated for the fourth when I heard what happened. Then I tune in today, and all of a sudden he's not a quarterback. And I know this is a reach, but I feel like Belichick heard people were getting a little excited. and was like, all right, let's pull the plug. Uh, let me know uh, what went down, though. Thank you. Okay, I don't think that's it. I think Greg's probably got it right, unfortunately. Of course I do. That, you know, they they saw him as some sort of, you know, uh, Swiss Army knife guy they could use in a, a multitude of ways, primarily as a receiver, some gadget plays if they need him to. I mean, let's face it, they, they've done the same thing in the past with other guys. It's hardly unprecedented. They did it with Edelman. You know, he turned into a slot guy. Uh, but there were some key gadget plays with Edelman over the years. The yeah. game against Baltimore sticks out as much as anyone. Uh, so Look, I, I think that he has a. I think that he has a better chance at making the roster than Kayshawn Booty. Uh, you know, I I think it's going to be close. But I think you know what he can bring to the team. I'm sure you know Billy O'Brien and, and Belichick. You know, really like that. But I think that it's too late to. slot him as a quarterback and if he's going to be on the 53 like he has a role like you can't just all of a sudden be like you're a quarterback you need to start learning how to play quarterback he's going to have enough on his plate learning to play wide receiver getting the packages you know the the slash packages that they put in for him you know every other week or what have you so um i think that's the plan and then once you get to the end of the season then you have more data and then you say okay let's make a choice which way are we going to go with this kid while we're on the topic of uh, quarterbacks, and particularly ones that can attack you in a, in a number of different ways, I, I wanted to ask you both, and we didn't get to it earlier. So, Simone, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, too. Jordan Love in Green Bay. Again, Saturday mm-hmm. night's the first time I've really watched him. Uh, you know, not that it, but preseason's all you really have to go on. But what was your read on Jordan Love, Greg, and you too, Simone? 
Uh, I liked Jordan Love. Um, like a lot of young players, he's inconsistent. You know, the practices, like he was pretty good day one. Day two, he wasn't. Uh, had some accuracy issues. I thought he put the ball on the, on the money on some passes in this game. Got off to a shaky start. But I like what I see out of him a lot. Now, I don't know whether he has the intangibles and all that stuff, which really, you know, determines whether you're a great quarterback in this league. But in terms of what it looks like, the package that he has, like from his size to his, you know, arm to you know his he's very calm in the pocket I will say that as far as his intangibles of course that could change if he doesn't have good protection but um so far so good I you know I like him Saron yeah I haven't seen much of him in practice or anything like that but his game action I mean he seems pretty decent but I want to see what he looks like I think he only has like 85 throws in his career so far I want to see what he looks like once everybody knows his strengths and weaknesses. Almost like Greg, you mentioned earlier about uh, uh, Jones throwing to his left. It's not the same. And that's because you've seen him throw the ball a thousand times now. I want to see what, what love look, looks like after everyone's seen all his strengths and weaknesses and can be able to break down what he can and can't do and see how good a quarterback well, I, he is. I think that that's the whole thing. And Cerrone is exactly right. Like, you know, you, you can look at these guys in off-season practices and training camp practices and joint practices and, you know, maybe a little time in a preseason game where you have basically your starting offensive line other than the left tackle. And, you know, the Patriots are playing pretty conservative in the back end. They're not rushing anybody. So, I mean, almost every pocket he has was, like, perfect. The only time he got pressure was on these boots. You know, let's what happen, Let's see what happens, you know, once he starts getting decked. I mean, look, I covered Aaron Rodgers the first year after Brett Favre. They went from 13-3 and in the NFC Championship game to six and ten and started four and four where they lost at Tampa Bay against a team that hadn't won in like twenty games and people wanted Rodgers, McCarthy, and Ted Thompson all fired. And then they caught fire after that, went to the playoffs, won a Super Bowl after the next year. So, you know, it's a it's a long road. I know everybody wants, especially you, Maz, wants instant gratification, wants everybody to be, you know, great players. But just remember, Aaron Rodgers started ten and fourteen is going to the Hall of Fame and and one of the best statistical quarterbacks of all time so you know we'll see it's it's going to be a process so just quickly there, there were a couple of throws that he made in this game that to me illustrated like you know you sort of look at it and go that's a high ceiling one was that the play that jack jones covered uh, dubs on yep was a third down pass just inside the hashes, I think that Love yeah. put it right on. Orlovsky broke that play down today and salivated over it. I thought it was okay. I thought Jack Jones should have broke out the pass. He yeah. had a red right, should have went for it. It was a good play. It was a good throw. A good throw. His best throw was the the touchdown. touchdown. To, yeah, I mean that thing was it was perfectly placed. Yeah, the Patriots weren't great on it. I, I thought the the sideline play on Bolden. I thought that play was. I thought that pass was underthrown. I thought it. You know, I'm dubious whether it was still a catch, but. Uh, it could have been better. The touchdown was a great throw. It was. It was perfect. It was a great, great it was a throw. Dart too. And honestly, I don't think Mac Jones can make that. Probably throw. not. You know, Simone, am I a bad person for saying that? That Mac Jones can't make that throw. <laughs> let, let me ask you quickly: Who would you rather have if you had to pick right now, Mac Jones or Jordan Love? Jones. I've seen more. Okay. I've seen. I've seen more with Jones than I have with Love. I mean, I just don't know. Love can be a great player, or he can be. You know, Jordan Love. <laughs> so I mean, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen enough from him to, to put him over Mac Jones. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong to say that. I mean, how could I say you're wrong? That would be it's an opinion, right? Of course, it hasn't stopped us in the past. By the way, Ted Johnson also confirms. 
Confirms what? The baloney stinks. Really? <laughs> and Kraft comes to me and says, well, you know, we're not going to feed them like that. You know, we give them baloney sandwiches. And- oh, my gosh. That one's not going Kraft right. loves hot dogs. Wow. Well, remember, the NFLPA uh, survey is one of my uh, Twitter followers just told me. did not reflect well. They had some rough stuff in that NFLPA survey. It's a good point, childcare in the stadium. It's a good point. I wonder if they got pickle spears, too. You think they got pickle spears with those, Ooh. Joe? Well, if, if they had that, then I'm okay with the bologna sandwich. Bologna sandwich, some chips, and a pickle spear. Mm. A dill pickle spear. Love myself a spear. Yeah. Final word is next. Hey, it's, uh, it's Belger here. Now on Belger and Mads. It's the final word. Recapping this four-hour show in four minutes. Which leads to the question, does it really need to be four hours long? No. All right, looking for the best deal on tires? There's only one place to go. That's Town Fair Tire, the best price and great free services because nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. All right, so uh, we got to get to the email of the day. It's the Coleman Electric Email of the Day. Dear Felga, I Electric. The Coleman Electric email of the day. It's electric. Send yours to Felger at 985thesportshub.com. All right, email of the day brought to you by Coleman Electric. A bunch of really good electricians helping homeowners like you. When you need an electrician, call Coleman. It's electric. electric. Joe, I love the show. Not sure if you're taking emails of the day today, but wondering how many wins above replacement uh, to borrow baseball stat, is Bill Belichick worth at this point? Greg? Uh, I would go one, maybe. What would it have been in his prime? Well, he would also have Brady factoring into those. <laughs> but I would say uh, I would say in his prime, probably three over under a three. Yeah, I was going to say 2.5. Yeah, 2.5 sounds about right. Yeah, I was going to say 2.5, and he's been cut in half or less. I mean, so- he, he plays the Jets twice. I mean, you know, look at the... The Jets kicking the punting to Marcus Jones when the game was on the line. I mean, is that Belichick or is that and that's Belichick? I guess being smarter than Salah. This, this was Saron's point to start the show yeah. today. I give him two, two point five. Wow! In his prime. Oh, in his prime. His pr- yeah. Oh, his now. prime. Yeah. Two. What about 2. now? 5, three. <laughs> what about now? Now, no Brady. <sighs> <laughs> I'm giving one and a half. One and a half. Okay. All right. That's a fair number. We'll, we'll allow that. All right, Joe. What else is that? All we got? Uh, well, we had a little. We had one, but we'll we'll save it. But it was about Alabama Mac. Oh, oh I didn't even get to rip you on Alabama Mac. I well, by the way, I nice have been way. very consistent on this one, even before the mentality happened. Just, I get it. If it's going to work for him, Greg. Have at it. Leave him alone, Watertown ma- uh, Mass. <laughs> Little League Mass. Yeah. Little no, League really, Mass. if he needs this, yeah. I'll support it. There you go. Greg, listen, I'm telling you, as a nine-year-old rookie in Little League, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm dead serious. I was the balls. Jaron Duran with a better arm. Is yeah. that what you said? Yeah, I could Speed? run. Speed? Hit a crap ton of doubles. I could run. They they would move me all over the diamond. T- I was better than Jaron Duran. Then you never grew. In fact, I never grew is correct. In fact, they would put me behind the plate. I would pitch, play infield, and I'd sometimes catch so the other team couldn't steal because I would just gun people down. I had a freaking hose when I was nine. It's like Tony C. Telling you. 
Sarone, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Sarone. All right, always good to have you here on the program. Joe Murray is sticking around. He's got your headlines here. But when we come back, the baseball hour, Red Sox, It's a, I've never seen a team that can revert as quickly as the Red Sox do when they uh, face certain types of competition. That's where we'll begin the program tonight on the baseball hour. Joel, get your cut up first. Greg, thank you as usual. Thanks, guys. Okay, well, uh, don't go anywhere. Baseball hour is next.